and welcome to the Words in Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and this is Words in Pictures podcast number 58. This week my lovely guest is Rosie Travers. We live quite near each other and she writes feel-good fiction with a twist and cosy mysteries so stick around to listen to what Rosie's got to say. So at my desk this week, well at my desk this week, it's quite a lot's been going on. By the time this podcast goes to air, my book The Midwitch will be out and it's going so it's going well so far. I've been out about a week. So The Midwitch is a paranormal women's fiction and um, all of that stuff. You can find it in all the usual places. Anyway, what I thought I'd have a quick chat to you this week is about ARC readers. And I'd like to tell you the truth about ARC readers. So I started, um, I realised the importance of ARC readers. So an ARC reader, if you're not in the know, is an, as a person who you spend an advanced reader copy, hence the ARC term. So an, an ARC reader um, will get a copy of your book before it goes live, before you've actually published it. And they will read it. They get this free copy and they will read it. And the understanding is that they will leave a review for you um, when, the, when, the, when the book goes live. And it's all well and good. So I pitched for ARC copies. You know, I mean, I've read loads of stuff about, you know, how to do the, you know, how to crack the indie author process and, uh, you know, success and all that kind of thing. And uh, the general the general thing is, you know, you can't start advertising soon enough. And I've been sort of banging on about the midwitch at every opportunity um, across all the social media that I'm on. And uh, mostly what I've been asked, doing is telling people about my book and asking if they'd like to join up for my ARC list sign up. And then when the book was ready, I would send them a copy and all of this. Anyway, so I worked really hard to gather this ARC list. I mean, I really worked hard on it. And, um, you know, every time somebody signed up, I would send them a thank you letter individually and, you know, email them and all that kind of thing. And anyway, so when the book was ready, when it was finished from the editor and it was all done, um, I duly, you know, got in contact with this ARC list. And at this point, I've got just over 50 on the ARC list. So I'm thinking this is really good. I've done really well here. So I, I sent off the ARC, you know, the things, you know, saying that I would be sending them out the ARC copies very soon and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, looking forward to hearing their comments and all this kind of thing. And uh, and then I set it up with the uh, book funnel, which is absolutely brilliant. And although it's not, you know, massively expensive, it's still another cost, you know, on your indie author journey. So, you know, so that you can deliver your ARC copy, you know, as an ebook or in fact as a PDF, if that's what they prefer. And um, people can, you know, get this nice proper, proper copy of your book. It's not some weird manuscript that you're sort of having to download. Anyway, so I set up all that and uh, duly sent out the ARC copies. And then and the thing is, the good thing about the book funnel is you can see how many people actually open your email and in fact download the book. So out of the 50, I have roughly about 30 downloads. So I thought, well, that's pretty good. I knew there was going to be some attrition with this. So um, the 30 downloads was was good. So I thought, well, this is good. You know, you're probably going to have a few people that are going to start the book and not actually like it. Or they're just going to leave it on their on their computer and never read it. Or in fact, they're going to, you know, actually actually dislike it or you know whatever it is so you're gonna have a bit of attrition out of this 30 so I'm hoping for about half okay so I'm not I don't think you know um that that was you know too much of a you know optimistic thing anyway the truth of the matter is okay and I'm and I'm not saying this out of 
oh, you know, I'm having such a terrible life as an indie author, blah, blah, blah. No, not at all. Um, but I'm just, I'm just, sometimes I think it's quite good to just tell the truth about what is happening, you know, within my writing life. Because I think it's helpful to other authors because I think you don't get your expectations up too much. And I don't think mine were up massively, but they were still, still a little bit more expectant than what actually happened. Anyway, the art list went out people downloaded the book only only 30 people did it I, I sent reminders and all of that kind of thing so I didn't just leave it I sent reminders and uh, that was fine and then and then anyway so then anyway then I sent the thing out because what you do is you do like a soft launch the week before and the way you tell your art list that, that you know the book is live and if they could go and leave their their comments and their their um reviews and I'm only on Amazon so it's dead easy uh and, and I give them a link for it. And then the following week, you put it out, you know, to the world, as it were, and I actually run some ads on it, which I'm doing. And, and and then when people that actually want to come to buy your book, you should have some reviews on there, which gives you some, you know, uh, you know, it gives you some credibility. Anyway, so I'm hoping for sort of 15 reviews ish maybe a bit more you know I'm always quite optimistic anyway the truth of the matter is I had five okay five five reviews out of 50 arc readers on the list 30 that downloaded and I had five reviews and two of those I must confess first were friends of mine that I then bothered over you know whatsapp because I thought it's no good. I mean, they have read the book. I did send them an art copy. They were on my list. Um, but I had to literally, you know, get them to, you know, stump up and come on and put something up. Now, the five reviews that I've got on there are really good reviews. They're five stars. They've written some nice things. And it's really, you know, really good stuff. And uh, I'm very, very pleased to have them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking it. You know, I have, you know, I've worked hard and I've got you know, five genuine reviews of where people really liked what I'd written. They really liked The Midwitch. But um, yeah, it's not a lot for a lot of work and actually quite a lot of money that you've paid out to, to get this done. So, you know, so I'm I'm not saying don't do the ARC thing. And I'm hoping that next time round, you know, when I'm bringing out book two, that if I've had, if I can sort of get my email list up for this paranormal women's romance that I'm doing that hopefully I can sort of ask people that are actually already on my email list if they'd like to arc read so I know that they're definitely invested in reading book two and you can get the whole thing going and I think this is the problem it's very hard to get it going from the ground up you know from nothing to you know getting it into something so um what's next well you know, for me, the the midwitch is, is tipping along quite nicely. It's not it's not doing it's not doing desperately badly at all. In fact, I've got a few sales, and I'm really happy with that. And uh, and I'm hoping that you know, as as people are sort of reading the book, the Kindle page reads are looking really good, and I'm out there on the social media doing my thing, and I'm running some Facebook ads, and I'm hoping to put some Amazon ads on in another week or so. But I'm kind of having to um, gen up a little bit about that because. Uh, I, you know, it's quite a while since I've run Amazon ads. They are expensive. They are scary. And I'm hoping to, um, you know, crack it a bit more now. And I'm going to kind of go back into Mark Dawson's course, which I have got his Amazon ads course. In fact, I've got the whole, you know, his whole package. And the good thing about that is they do update them and you can go back in and kind of 
go over stuff, you know, and have another go at it. So that's kind of my thing. So next week, I'm hoping to start running some Amazon ads into it. And uh, and what of the art readers? Well, I have to say that I'm I'm a fairly persistent person, and I think anybody that has any sort of success within the um, publishing world, be them traditionally published or you know independently published, like myself, anybody that has anything that that a lot of it is because they're pretty persistent. It takes quite a lot to actually write a book and bring it to completion. And uh, and if you you know press on with your advertising and your social media and all that kind of thing, you know it it's no it's no mean thing. You you have to be pretty thick skinned and you know get yourself out there. So I have to say that next Monday I thought I would you know let it lie now um, as I'm recording this. This is uh, it's Friday the first of September actually, and um, I'm a bit late with these podcasts. I haven't had time to do the editing that I wanted to do but anyway that's another story um so what I'm hoping is that I'm going to hopefully get a that a few people will perhaps see my email and perhaps put some um put some uh reviews on over the weekend but then I am going to I've kept a sort of a little bit of a tab I've got a list here and I kind of tick them off when people have put put a review on I kind of can keep a track on it obviously people change their names or the reviews it's not always easy to tell but generally I kind of know who's who at this point there's obviously there's not that many to uh, keep track of um even I can count up to five and uh, so I'm going to email everybody back again on the Monday literally the whole list and um explain the situation and uh, just tell them the truth you know I guys I sent you this arc copy you said you would review it and if you have read it could you review it because I think sometimes people that read a lot uh, you know, sometimes I don't think there's any malice in it. I think sometimes people read it and think, oh, yes, that's it, but it's not out yet. And they've done it. And then they it kind of slips their mind and it kind of, you know, they probably didn't realise it had come come through and they've probably moved on to the next book and forgotten to put the review on. Um, and then again, also people perhaps downloaded it and thought, oh, I've got ages to read that and then didn't. And then they might actually think, oh, well, perhaps I will read it now and put the review on. So, you know, I'm ever hopeful that I can just get a little bit more, a little bit more out of... Um, you know, all the work that I've put into this this uh, project so far, you know, the ARC reading project. So that's me. So The Midwitch is out there. And, um, you know, having said that, it's not doing desperately badly. In fact, it's doing really well, better than anything else I've ever put out there. And I do think those five really good reviews have really made a big, big difference. So, um, you know, and I think people just don't understand what a massive difference it makes. The whole thing is with the Amazon as far as I can tell, you know, and from what I've read, uh, is that the first month of a book's life is a really important month for it. And the, the more you can, you know, get it seen and get it get it read and get it reviewed, uh, you know, the better chance you'll get of Amazon actually showing your, your book to potential readers. Anyway, so that's that. Right, so that's me and that's the truth about the art list. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying it was all awful. Um, I'm just saying this is what happened. You know, this is what happened to me. I'm sure many of you will have different stories. Um, and do feel free to um, share your experience. You can find me across social media. You know, I just put DJ Bowman Smith in. You'll find me there. And uh, I'd love to hear what you've got to say if you're a, an author and, uh, you know, what your experiences were and, uh, you know, what you did. What did you do to make it better? I know sometimes I'm at a loss <laughs> anyway. Anyway, happy days. So come and listen to Rosie. She's a lovely person and I know you're going to love her. This week on the Words and Pictures 
podcast. My guest is Rosie Travers and Rosie writes feel-good fiction with a twist and cosy mysteries and um, quite amusingly she lives on the south coast as do I. So we're both um, sea lovers I think Rosie. What do you think? Definitely. Yeah yeah and and I see a lot of your books are based on the Isle of Wight your your recent stuff. Um, why, why the Isle of Wight? Why the fascination for that place. I mean, I I see it every day because I literally live opposite the Isle of Wight. So why the Isle of Wight, Rosie? What what attracts you to write um, cosy mysteries set in that kind of well, world? Well, I grew up obviously in Southampton, so the Isle of Wight has always been there. As a child, it was day trips, holidays, and I loved it. And then I sort of went through the, uh, sort of like a bit of a phase where oh, it's the Isle of Wight. You know, it's old hat. Been there, done that, and it was off the radar for many years. Um, we moved abroad, we spent some time living in California and the Netherlands, and then we came back to Hampshire. And when you're abroad, you tend to explore your new location yes. and you you visit everywhere. And it was like, oh, there's so much here in Hampshire that we haven't seen or we haven't been to. And one of the places we hadn't been to was Osborne House on the Isle of Wight. So we took a day trip on the ferry over to the Isle of Wight. I went to Osborne House, absolutely loved it. And I saw the island in a completely different light. And I was just inspired. And since then, I mean, that was probably five, six years ago. I mean, I go to the Isle of Wight two, three, four times a year as often as I can. And we've walked around the coastal path. We've taken little mini breaks over there. And I I just love it. It's a wonderful place. There's so much to do and see over there. And the landscape is so varied from the chalk downs to the old fashioned sort of kiss me quick Sandown and Shanklin, but then you have some beautiful areas like Newtown Creek and Yarmouth that are relatively un, unspoilt and untouched. So it was just going there and just getting all these ideas. And we did lots, we do lots of walking. My husband and I are great walkers and just walking around the island. And I just had all these stories going on in my head about all these little mysteries and some of the history of the island that I could incorporate into, into a series. And that was it. The spark. The spark was lit. And I think that's so true uh, when you live in a place that you don't always explore it as well as you should. And, and I found that since my husband's uh, retired, he retired about two years ago. And we started to kind of go out more. You know, we, we had a holiday in Wiltshire, which is kind of the next county along if you're listening from overseas. So you've sort of got Hampshire and Wiltshire quite near each other. And I didn't know Wiltshire at all. In fact, there's bits of Hampshire that I don't know very well. And like you say, you go and you see it with a different look. You know, even if you went there as a child and and saw it through a child's eyes, when you go back, you you have a different feel about it. You're a bit um, a more of an appreciation, I think. Yeah, very very much so. And also like the history of a place, which you know, as a child or as a you know school child, history didn't interest me no. at all. And I think as you get older you definitely become more interested in, in learning about the history of places and perhaps exploring your local area in a different light and seeing it through different eyes. Yeah. And I think, um, I think you have, you know, a, I think you have a sense of, um, uh, I, I'm always thinking who, who walked here before, who went there exactly. before, you know, I, I, you kind of have a, a different, a more of an appreciation for the, the expanse of time and, and our little tiny moment within it yeah exactly and an exactly. Osborne house is amazing yes I've only been once there and and it is extraordinary isn't 
it is. And, you know, like for all those years that I lived here, more or less looking at it. Yeah, me too. Across the water yeah. every day, more or less. I just took it all for granted. And it was only when we actually went there and as adults or older people and, and you know, appreciate, learn to appreciate the history of, of a place. And I think with all of the books that I've set on the Isle of Wight, I have a dual timeline. And I have, although well, it's only very recent past, one is the 60s, one is the 90s, one is the 80s. But it's going back to picking out little bits of the island's history. Um, in the first book, I look about the people don't realise there are aerodromes on the Isle of Wight. It's got a huge history in the avi- aviation industry. Um, and then obviously the holiday camp in one of the other books. It's like the whole holiday camp scene is, is I explore that. Um, and it's just, you know, that's all been going on all those years. And, and, and you don't realise this is happening on your doorstep. Well, this had happened on your doorstep. So... But the books are great fun to write. It was an eye opener doing a little bit of research as well because I had to sort of go back in time. But um, yeah, there's a lot on the Isle of Wight to write about. Yeah, and how do you feel about the research? Do you find? Um, I, I think it's a really tricky thing when you write historical stuff. I used to write um, uh, grimdark fantasy, and so I would, you know, I would look up lots of things about you know medieval life and weaponry and all that kind of thing. And uh, and then I found that it, it it's a real trick to get that balance right of not over over trying to. T- you know, you must you must rein yourself in because you want to go. Oh, I know all this. I'm going to tell you, and actually, you've got to only to give a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because I set the books locally, and I do know the Isle of Wight quite well. Um, you know, it's just especially for the first one and having to explore like the aviation industry, which I didn't know a great deal about. And uh, yeah, you like you say, you do you do um, a lot of research, and then you have to cut down what actually goes into the book. But I'm currently studying a book during World War Two, and that's an area that's a period in time that I don't really know an awful lot about for everyday life in World War Two. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've got pages and pages of notebooks and it's it's sifting through it all. I mean, I'm not I'm not a great researcher. You know, it's not something that I've had to do that all of my books, they, that they are contemporary settings. It's just little flashbacks or a, a, bit, of a bit of a dual timeline is the sort of secondary part of the book. So um Yes, it's a, a new thing for me, research. I've been going down to the library an awful lot um, and, and reading an awful lot, um, which is all new to me, really. So I, I prefer not to do research. I'm not going to lie. I'm quite lazy. If I can write a book in contemporary setting in a place I know, I'll do that. Yeah. But it, it is, you know, as I've started now, I want to carry on and I do want to do a little bit more you know, in-depth research. Yeah, I, I admire um, you. I admire you because I'm I'm a bit like, oh, I'll just make it up. <laughs> I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a bit like that. I I, I kind of made a, a you know the the thing that I'm working on now. It's 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 um it could be any little village in England, but it's it's not a real village. I I, I kind of think, and also I quite like the fact that when it's entirely a figment of my imagination, if I suddenly think, oh, I need a I need a I need a gift shop or I need a I need a church or I need a police station. So I can just add it in. Yeah, although I mean obviously I mention real places in all the books. Do you do you bend my, it? You know, do, I, do you bend is your eye uh, yes, white slightly I, different? Slightly differently. You know, there is no um, you know, there is no golfing hotel at Ventnor. I mean repart but there's hardly any flat land at Ventnor. It probably would be impossible to have a golfing hotel at Ventnor. But actually, when I did do some research, there is a golf, a very small golf course at Ventnor. So I thought, oh, that's okay. But I just create little sliver of my own within a place that is familiar. Um, and, you know, so you can obviously bend the rules and you can, you have to put in, 
you know, the, the shops that you want and the tea rooms that you want or the pub that you want. You know, I have I have a mix. I have some real places and then I have some fictionalised fictionalized places. Ooh, and, so, and I think it's quite nice when you go somewhere and you've read a book and you can actually see yeah. a place that's mentioned yeah. in the book. And it is really there. I think that's, you know, I like to do that. Oh, I read about that in, in that book. So in my Eliza Kane books on the Isle of Wight, there is a real mix of real and you know invented yeah and i think that's great fun and i think these uh like you say these real places where where books are set are, are great fun and they're very popular now like the lj ross that's come through and i'm trying to, oh, trying yes, to think yes, of the you know holy island isn't it that's she it yeah, yeah. And who's the lady that writes for uh and that's kind of set in corf castle which is quite near us um, oh yeah i can't think of yes, her. rachel mclean rachel mclean yes rachel mclean yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she, exactly and she's set, set all those books and you kind of think and i hadn't really heard of her i thought heard her speak at a conference and when she was talking I, and straight away i thought oh i know corf castle i need to read that and because then i read up all of them you know because it's, yeah, it's just yeah. it's just fascinating to think oh i know exactly where that murdered body lay you know, <laughs> on the on the on the grass there and it, it's kind of titillating and fun yeah I think it's I think it's great fun so you've got uh so your your books that are are you planning to write more of this is she like a um a, a cozy mystery sleuth uh, is she a, a proper detective or is she a, a she's an amateur writer? sleuth um I've she's a, been a free I've done three books now in the series and Eliza Kane was a professional golfer mm-hmm. um, and then she had a um, she developed she developed an injury and her game slumped and she developed a little bit of a, a whiskey habit and uh, she started losing a lot of matches um, and then um, when she was taking part in a vital tournament she had a, a call to say that her grandmother had been arrested this was in book one. So um, so she had the perfect excuse to escape the tournament with her head held high. She hadn't lost it. She just, you know, had a, a family emergency. And that starts her off on this path to becoming this this amateur, this amateur sleep. Obviously, the first book, she's, she has her grandmother is the, the suspect in a murder inquiry. So she uh, attempts to, well, she wants obviously defends her, defends her grandmother. Grandmother can't possibly be guilty of anything, but... As the story progresses, she realises that, that Granny has a bit of a past. Uh, by the end of that book, she's de- deliberating whether she should give up golf completely because she realises that her career is probably coming to, to an end. So that obviously then opens up all other opportunities for her to move back to the Isle of Wight and carry on solving a series of crimes. So she's had, I've just finished, um, the third book has just been published, ebook. paperbacks will be out shortly. Um, and then I'm just going to take a little bit of a break, but I suspect I will come back to her because she's a great character and the books are great fun to write. She has a lovely family, a lot of nice, quirky characters around her. And like I said, the Isle of Wight, you know, endless opportunities for 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 murder, mayhem and all sorts. Uh, and judging by, I read, read one of your short stories about a lady who was um, taking a dance class, which I thought was really amusing and fun. And uh, it was it was great. So is there I'm, I'm imagining there's a lot of humour in your books, Rosie, because you've obviously got this great sense of humour, and great observation of, you know, people and, and how they how they're going. If, you know, if you if obviously your um links will be in the show notes so do go to rosie's if you want to have a little sample of her her writing go and have a read of those short stories because they are really it really made me laugh out loud i thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was really good oh is that a week a week to rumba yes that's the one yes yeah yeah no i do i mean i can't i mean i, I have written i have i think there's a couple of short stories on there actually they don't have humor but yeah i love humor i mean i 
I write because I enjoy the process. But to me, publishing a book is is like bringing sort of like kind of spread a little bit of joy and happiness out there in the world. And, you know, I have a sense of humour. And I mean, it doesn't mean that I don't read serious books. I do, you know, but I like to the all the books I've written so far. Yes, they they are very much uh, humorous. They, they There's quite a lot of fun going on in them. A um, bit of tongue in cheek stuff. You know, it's uh you know, um, nice. yes, humour yeah. is important to me. Yeah. Yes. And I think it's quite yeah. difficult to write because I know um, my my latest thing is is funny. And when I wrote it, it made me laugh a lot. But then I thought, is this just me? You see, because normally, <laughs> normally I, apart from magazine articles, the odds and ends, I don't normally write a whole book that's, you know, based on some humorous stuff. And um, but thank thankfully people have come back the art readers have come back now and gone this is so funny so I'm like I'm like quite relieved actually because when you write it down you might think oh that's funny and then as you go through the editing process you think is this funny is it funny I don't find it funny anymore yeah I mean it's it's yeah, I know. You know, like it. you've got to really stick to your guns, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. it's quite. I think the humour in all my books is quite gentle. Yeah, you know, it's not slapstick, and it's not. It's it's it's. Um, I mean, Eliza, I was told she was quite an abrasive character by somebody. I think that was the editor, actually. But you know, in a nice way, you know. And I, she's like me. I mean, you obviously, if you write a female lead, I think it's very difficult not to project some of, some yourself, of your own self yeah. into your into your character. Yeah. And yes, I mean, I have been told before I'm quite sarcastic, and I can be quite you know blunt about things and obviously that's come over in Eliza but she has this and especially in the last book Treble on the Tide she um her parents divorced when she was quite small and she's not had an awful lot to do with her dad and then suddenly dad is back in her back in her life and uh, they clash but in a nice sort of father daughterly way if you know what I mean they're, yeah. they're, they're, there's quite a lot of humour between the two in in the scenario that dad moves in and Eliza's just not used to having anybody around, let alone this Matt, this 60-year-old man with his habits. And, you know, yeah. there's obviously quite a lot of scenes between them where there's I, quite funny, I think, I hope. Yeah, no, it sounds sounds like the perfect the perfect thing for that observational humour, which I, I, lo- I love to read because you can find yourself in it. And, and I think that's what makes us laugh. Um, Rosie, I always ask everybody about your book covers. Um, now, I really like your book covers. Now, last well, this week on the podcast, my my guest was Jamie West and his his book covers are lino prints. And I really love them. And I when I came to look at your stuff and I was looking at your, your your bits and pieces yesterday, I really like those covers of the of the beach and the island and the pinks, the sea pinks growing. They're absolutely lovely and they're proper artwork I can see. So how did they come about? Do you do them yourself? Do you have a friend that's an artist? Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful? Like I say, I did them myself. No, I I I engage a cover designer. Yeah. Um my first two books were traditionally published with a small indie publisher and I didn't have a lot of say in the covers or, um, you know, like the, the whole process. So I decided when I came up with the idea of uh, Eliza Kane and the Isle of Wight Mysteries that I was going to self-publish them because I wanted to keep control of the whole process. And I wanted the covers. I mean, apart from the fact I wanted to write the stories that I wanted to write, yeah. I also wanted to have the covers that I wanted on the book. Yeah. So um, I sort of like, I say shopped around but I looked at other people's covers covers that I liked and I found um a cover designer um her name is Bernie Stevens and uh, she's um done some sort of like rom-com covers and I knew another I knew some of the authors that she'd done covers for and she was so good because I told her exactly what I wanted um and I sent her some pictures of the Isle of Wight as well you know the areas in the Isle of Wight that I the books were set in 
And, you know, the covers that she's designed were just were absolutely perfect. I mean, for, I mean those, for, those pictures, you know, I, I would happily have those on my wall. I think they're absolutely lovely, especially that one with the sea pinks in the front. Oh, the, that, that's the Puzzle of Pine Bay. The Puzzle yeah, of Pine I Bay. Yeah, I mean, that was yeah. a wonderful cover. Yeah, yeah that was, um, I mean, that's actually, in my head when I was describing it to you, I don't know if people that don't know the island, but obviously the chalk cliffs, it's based around white the White Cliffs Bay area, yeah. which is on the sort of like the eastern side of the island. And it was, it looks just like that. The south coast yeah. and the east coast of the island. That is exactly what they look like. So yeah, it's marvellous. Yeah, yeah. I she's think. very good. She's very good and very easy to work with. Good. Yes, that's that's all that's all um that's all good and thing. Yeah, I've written it down, cover designer. I'll put I'll put her links in the show notes. Um just circling back a little bit, Rosie, because I do this. Um I do you find that as I mean I'm looking uh, obviously we've got um, video here as we're talking but obviously the podcast is just um, audio only so I'm I'm meeting Rosie for the first time and I see that we are a women of a certain age and um, do you find that self-publishing possibly for you and for me do you find that it, it's about control and it's about um, I've kind of got to a point in my life where I don't want to have to negotiate anymore I want to do what I want to do I don't want to have to you know yeah, have a conversation. I mean, in, you know, in, in, in I'm, get, life, I'm getting a bit stubborn. I've had it. I've had it right enough, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just doing my own thing now. Do you feel? Do you feel that's part of it for you? The the in the yeah. author process. Very much, and in life as well as in in publishing, yeah. you just get to a point where you, yeah, you don't yeah, you get perhaps a little bit intolerant, but you do. I think you realise not exactly time is running out, but it's just you you want to do things your way. You know, yeah. and 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 especially like I didn't have a particularly good experience when I did have a publisher. Um, so you know, having had quite you know a bit of a tricky time of it, and I didn't find it enjoyable. I just felt the self-publishing was the right route for me because I could write what I want. I could write it when I wanted, no deadlines, no contracts. I mean, if I want to stop and not do any more Eliza Kane mysteries, I will do. There's no, I don't have to carry on and write ten more books unless I want to, you know, and I don't have any deadlines. I'm the person that sets the deadlines. And if I break my own deadlines, the only person that loses out, you know, is me sort of thing. So, you know, so definitely it was it was, it was the right thing for me. I didn't want to be tied to any contracts. Um, I didn't want to have to work to somebody else's rules, yeah. if that makes yeah. sense. And also I think sometimes with a tr- trad publishing thing, you can get put in a little box you know, this is what you write. And if you want to come out of that box, which is I'm just doing, I'm now writing paranormal women's romance. Um, um, and I'm finding that I'm really enjoying it. And I'm probably going to go on and write quite a lot of this, I think now. Um, but I don't have to stay in this box where I'm, you know, just writing grimdark fiction or just writing for children, because I write for children as well. And and I think that's what's so nice about the, um, you know, the indie lifestyle is you can just take a day off when you want. I don't feel that I have to have a converse, a long conversation with anybody. I mean, I seek professional help. I have professional editors and, you know, proofreaders <laughs> yes, yes. and all that kind of thing. Yes. But but at the end of the day, I do quite like that I get to decide what it is I'm going to write, how I'm going to write it, when I'm going to do it, and how I'm going to publish it. And, you know, it, I, think, I think it's a good thing. And I think it is I, – I can see very much that it is quite a – I don't know, a middle-aged woman thing. I, I do feel that I don't want to be um I don't want to be put in a box. I don't want to be told what to do. No, yeah. I, I totally I totally agree with you. It's for all the same reasons. And um 
you know, I have other stuff going on in my life yeah. as well. So to have to have a deadline would be, you know, would be so stressful. You know, um, I just don't think it's not what I want. It's not what I want from my writing. It's not what I want in my life at the moment. So, so you know, self-publishing works. And I just feel it's, you know, a lot of people sort of look, perhaps look down on self-publishing now. I think it's becoming more and more accepted. Oh, much. And also yeah. because publishing, the publishing world has got so restricted and so tight. And what they accept you know if you you know and I just feel, feel there's so many brilliant writers out there there's so many so much more choice such a diverse range of of indie books out there and it's it's just getting your getting your books out there isn't it and getting getting an audience mm. is that much harder when you're when you are indie but I feel readers are missing out on so many good books because they just don't know you're like this invisible layer almost you know trying to reach new readers is hard I'm not going to lie um so I mean that's the downside of indie publishing but I think if you accept that you know you have to accept being what the advantages and disadvantages are and going with your eyes open Mm. I think if you want to be self-published but it works for me and I'm happy with with what I've achieved you know I set out to write a series of books on the Isle of Wight I've done it you know I, I stop now and never write anything else I'll be quite happy I've achieved what I set out to achieve, but because I, I am, I'm a writer, and stories don't keep quiet. No, you know, I know that I will, I will carry on. I, I carry on writing. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think, but in my own time. Yeah, I think, I think it's good to have that. How do you, how do you tackle? Because I think, even if you're traditionally published, I've had quite a few tried published persons on the podcast. That's a mouthful, isn't it? and they're still having to market the books pretty much themselves. Uh, how how do you go about it? Do you do paid ads? Do you do just do the social media? I simply do social media at the moment. Um, when I was with my publisher, um, rather not, I was very naive. You know, I was it was the first publisher I'd ever met, sort of thing, and worked with, and I just assumed that a publisher would do publicity for me. Um, this particular publisher didn't. I don't think any. So I ended do. up doing. No, I don't think any of them do. No. But I just assumed you've got a publisher there do the publicity. So I had to do, uh, learn an awful lot in a very short space of time, and I wasn't particularly successful at it. Um, and I found the whole process extremely stressful. So when I decided to self-publish, I decided that you know, yes, I would do marketing. I'd have to do marketing, you, you know, but I would do it on my terms. So except that I'm quite low key at marketing, except then that you'll have lower book sales, but you have Happy Rosie. So that's, um, you know, yeah. that, that's <laughs> the way I work. <laughs> and gradually, especially over time, with writing, I've realised that writing a series was the way to go because you do build up yeah. a readership, you know, and you get people saying, when's the next book coming out? But, oh, I don't want the pressure. But, you know, when are you doing your next story? So, you know, that you, if you do publish another one, you know that you've got that ready, that ready audience. So, I mean, yes, I I haven't done paid advertising as yet, but now I've got the free book series. I it is something that I'm I will look into. Um, but yeah, just through social media, simply through you know networking, you know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Haven't done TikTok. Don't really want to. So you know, I just you know I am low key. I appreciate that. But what I've done so far has got me that level of I've got I've got a little bit of a an audience I've got a following Mm. you know and that and that's 
enough for me to cope with for now. Yeah, and I think the uh, the social media is ever ever a job that needs doing. You know, I I I get on it first thing in the morning and I put my bits and pieces out. I don't do as much on TikTok, but I'm still on there. I probably post two or three times a week. It's not as bad as you think. The TikTok thing, you don't have to put your face on there if you don't want to because they've got like um. It's just slightly changed now as TikTok changes all the time. But the TikTok thing changes, whereas before it was just video only. Now, if you're going to put a new post on, you can click um, just uh, like uh, pictures. And so you can just put your book, oh, okay. you can just yeah, put your book covers up, a bit of music on the back and some words, which is quite nice. And you can kind of. Yeah, it's, you can again, rinse it's something and, that I've need to look in it's something that's there just like on the back burner yes you know it's something to be investigated yeah I, I'd have a go because it's it's not it's not hard to do and you can you know if you do make a video you know even if it's just a video of you know pictures of your book covers and stuff like that um you can you know pop pop that into Facebook or you can and bounce it across to uh Instagram and you can kind of do those three things as one thing I mean people say don't but I do and I don't find it's particularly hurtful to my you know yeah I mean my my relationship with my relationship with social media is very much is it is love hate yeah 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 sometimes it can feel like a chore but then you know I I suppose I, I suppose I reach out because of the podcast so I do get to actually physically talk to somebody which is always really great and it kind of gives you a, a feeling that there's it's not just a sea of faces and you know you and then yeah. and then obviously yeah. you know I, well you know there's lots of people that I know having podcasts for a year now so so that's that's kind of quite nice which is why I kind of started the podcast really just to just to do something real you know to actually have a down yeah conversation. I mean I've i I have on my website, I do have a blog and I try and post quite regularly and I have guest posts and that's quite nice. Yeah. You know, like trying to do some author chats and uh, getting getting the blog out there every now and then. And I've always been, always done a blog because I actually started out as a blogger before I started writing novels because I, when we lived in America, I had a blog as an expat wife. Yeah. So um, every every week or every fortnight, I would do a little post about things that we've done in America or the, you know, something that's funny and Something funny had happened, you know, not funny to a natural American, but as a Brit, I found it terribly funny or something yeah. like that. And I would just write this little thing. It's almost, you know, to me, it was a, a great way of, uh, you know, it's sort of a little bit like journalism. Maybe I'm a, you know, I should have been a journalist in another life or something like that. You know, just writing these little articles but every, it, every think, week. And, the, and a, the blog is like that. I think you're a human observer, though, um, Rosie, uh, you know, from the little bit of your writing that I've read, you're you're very observant, and I think that's where you get humour from. Where you know, yeah, how, how... other people might say I'm nosy, a nosy Parker, yeah. nosy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, always been interested in other people and what's going on. Yeah, you know, what goes on behind closed doors? That's yeah. always very interesting. Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm a watcher. So closed doors. The other question I was going to ask you. So in your sorry about my dogs just coming. Dog. This is my this is Evie Whippet. She's usually in the back of a podcast. Yes, just sit there quietly, you dog. Um, so any books, would you say they're a clean read? Do you have any any spice in them? Or is it just, is there a touch of romance? A little a touch, yes. Or, you know, I'm a romantic at heart. So even though the um, Eliza Kane series is a, co- I, I market it as a cosy crime. Yeah. But there is an ongoing, through running through all the books, there is, there is a romance. There's a romance with Eliza and also there's, each book has another romantic episode in it as well. So, uh, yes, I'm a romantic, but it's it's it stops. You know, they're not explicit. No, no, they're, they're definitely not explicit. No, it's it's 
Uh, and I'm not one of the I, I don't go into that it's uh but we're clean yes, yes. Clear. very so, clear yeah, so it's so it's a nice clean cozy mystery uh to to, yeah. to give you a you know with a touch of humor and to give you a nice a nice happy feeling that's good I think exactly. I, I like it a lot and actually I, I read a bit of everything um all sorts of things I don't stick to any particular genre I, ne- I never have um and and I sometimes I like if especially if I've read something quite dark or something rather spicy I like something that isn't any of those things I like to go in and read something that's that's just going to make me feel pleasant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I think we need it. You know, yeah. I mean, I read a lot as well, and I'm trying to sort of open up and read a read out of my sort of like chosen genre and, re- and read all sorts of different things. You know, but I do. I I'm, I don't like anything that's too explicit or anything that's too gory. I, I like to come away from a book with a good feeling, whether it's a feeling of satisfaction that I've had a re- someone I've read a really good story. And I like a multi-layered story. I like to have a story that works on lots of different levels mm. and it's got a lot going on, something meaty. Um, but I don't want to read. I don't want to read explicit sex. I don't want to read gore or horror. They're not. That's not my thing at all. I do want to. I want to feel. Yeah, uplifted and entertained and satisfied when I finish a book. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I see you're a member of the Alliance of Independent Authors. Um, how how do you find that? Do you find that helps being a member there? I I was a member, but I've kind of let my membership lapse. Um, do, do you find them them helpful? Have they taught you a lot? I I don't sort of. Uh, I'm not very good with groups, and I'm not very sociable, so I don't really interact with. I I joined them because I felt I should have an independent author. Um, I'm in the Facebook group and I'm quite interested in some of the posts and the questions people ask. And I say, oh, yes, you know. So from that point of view, it's it's good. It's use, a lot of useful information or advice within the group itself that I'm not a great deal. I'm not one of those people that's really um, I'm not sociable. Perhaps that's the word. I'm, I'm quite unsociable. So I don't really join in with the conversation myself. I just want to watch it with a stalker. Is that what yes. they call Obser- people? Observer. 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 Observer, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think they're yeah. very good, the, the ally. I know I know a few people that are sort of sort of higher up in, in that um, thing. And uh, I think they're very good if you've got a question to ask. I think it, I think it's good to have a place to go to in order yeah. to, um, you know, it, you know, especially when you're, you know, especially as the publishing thing changes ever so slightly all the time and what what works for one month you know six months later it's kind of all a bit different especially when you're sort of marketing or you know thinking about you know different things and you know all the different things like the you know the the AI that's coming up and all these all these other yes we're all going to be out of jobs aren't we and we won't be needed yeah, they'll always need us. Everybody always, everybody always <laughs> needs a good story. <laughs> yeah, they, they they certainly do. Yeah, I like um, uh, other things that I think are helpful to um, independent authors. Are uh, are you familiar with Mark Dawson's stuff? Again, I've seen him. I think I'm on his mailing list. I think I get emails from him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of stuff out there, and I could be much more proactive. I know that, but I'm just not convinced that I have the energy and the enthusiasm to fully participate in in something. I'm. 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 I'm trying. Yeah. It's. It's. It's difficult. I have. I have other things happening, which 
limit my time yeah and actually and my concentration yeah actually one of the my ability to concentrate yeah I know exactly what you mean because I one of the things I always say to myself in the morning is this one word I always say to myself balance and and I find you see I'm by nature I'm a workaholic and I've and I would just sit and keep on and on and on writing and marketing and doing what I do you know um but I've I've learned as I've got older that I really need some balance to it and and then I find the creative the creativity flows much more easily and also I'm much in a much better mindset to do the kind of less creative stuff like the marketing side of it you know the actual publishing side of it and I and I think I think that balance is partly due to um like you say not getting in I don't think you have to be involved in every other every single thing and although we were talking a minute ago about tiktok and things to be honest if you think really i really can't be bothered then don't you know because i think you have yeah, to find I, mean, I have yeah i have been very stressed before especially like with my previous books and everything that happened i've been very stressed and i've just reached a point where i don't need stress from my books my books is a pleasurable writing is for me the pleasure that's the good things that are going on and i'll have other things that are not so good which you know, I don't want to make the book thing the bad the bad guy. That's always got to be the good guy for me. Yeah. So yeah. it has to be the ple- a pleasurable experience. Yeah. And I think it's very easy to kind of get onto this treadmill thing when you're when you're essentially working for yourself. Nobody's ever saying it's time to go home or you need to stop now. So you have to you have to get that for yourself. You have to um, you know, get get some kind of thing in it yeah absolutely anyway we are almost out of time rosie where can people find you online what's your website uh my website is www.rosietravers.com um on there are bits about my book as i said my blog my short stories um i'm also active on facebook on twitter and on Instagram, all very simply as Rosie Travers or Rosie Travers author. Yeah, all of those. Yeah, I've got all those. Brilliant. So it's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you for coming on the Words and Pictures podcast, Rosie. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, lovely to talk to Rosie about all her books and uh, and to talk about books that are written about a place that's so near me, the Isle of Wight and, and Hampshire generally. So happy days. So next week, my guest is NJ Simmons. Um, She's a traditionally published author and she'll be telling us all about her new book, Good Girls Die Last, which is a bit of a thriller with a female protagonist with a bit of a twist. And I think uh, it looks pretty good. The cover looks brilliant. I'm looking at it right now as I'm speaking. So uh, do come along and have a listen to um, NJ Simmons talking about all her work. Uh, as usual, you can find anything that we've mentioned in the podcast, any bits and pieces and people cover designers and any other websites we might have talked about. You can find them in the show notes. If the show notes don't come up wherever you've um, picked up the podcast, sometimes you're just doing it audibly. Um, you can find the show notes on my website, which is djbowmansmith.com. And you can also find me as a children's author at tigermolly.com. Okay, um, so that's it. Don't forget, uh, Words and Pictures podcast, the new episode will be out on Monday. Until next time, bye-bye.